All right, welcome back to the afternoon ride. Just past 4 o'clock here on TSN 1290. It is Industrial Metals Jets game day. Kaspersky, Winnipeg Jets hockey tonight live at 7 o'clock. And it's the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid coming to town. Two games left on the exhibition schedule, Rick. And then it's down to business next week with or without Kyle Connor, Patrick Line, and Dustin Bufflin. Yeah, a lot too. <laughs> Sorry. Somebody, is, Big T has just uh, tweeted me a picture of uh, George Canyon. So... <laughs> Oh, the Buzz Lightyear reference. Anyway, it kills me. Uh, Rush, by the way, I'd like to see them play, uh, but I know they're done. Anyway, it'll probably be. And we talked just to finish that up. Mendez. And yeah, Sean votes. Sean votes. Sean Mendez, and I'm, there's a few Drake votes. Yeah, as well. Drake. Big of for the CFL. But. Oh, it would just be revolting if, if Drake showed up. Uh, we would like a couple of other guys to show up, and that would be Lonnie and Connor, and maybe even a Dustin Buffalo. Yeah, that would well. be great, right? That would be, well, certainly would make a weekend go well. We'll uh, show up here, not for, to perform at Great Cup halftime. You know what? Even <laughs> if they just came in here to Boston Pizza, we could ask them a few questions. <laughs> but whatever, just get into the city and, and give it a go. Uh, but because of that, there's opportunities here for a number of guys, and this is the second last preseason game for the Jets. And Boy, the Speed Demon's going to be in the lineup tonight for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, it'll be a different look for the Winnipeg Jets. Certainly not all of the expected opening day lineup playing tonight. Mark Scheifele will be, though. Let's start off the hits, and now uh, we'll hear from Nikolai Ehlers, who will uh, be with uh, one familiar teammate and one new one tonight. We've been out here for the last couple of weeks creating a bond and, and trying to get better as a team. Um and and we've done that i think the the games have shown that and and we're going to continue doing that tonight and uh the rest of the training camp and and keep it going into the regular season so um i'm going to do my best and i'm pushing myself to to be the best i can be so um but i don't think i can make up for all those goals <laughs> there's nikolai ehlers who'll be skating on a line tonight with matthew perot and Swedish rookie David Gustafsson in the middle uh, was talking there about his camp, looking forward to getting going, and assuming that he's playing with Mark Schleifle and Blake Wheeler, uh, just assuring people that he probably can't make up individually for all of the goals that are out of the lineup right now. No, 25% of the goals are out of the lineup right now, and that's uh, when you think about that, those are just the guys that aren't signed. As far as the guys on the ice tonight, there's even more than that that are missing. But in the meantime, they're going to give it a go. Ehlers with Perot and Gustafsson, a couple of guys getting an opportunity here as camp winds down. And then the final decisions, I would think, would be made after Sunday's game, or at least coach would like to see pretty close to the lineup that he's going to be using in that final game in Minnesota on Sunday. As I mentioned, David Gustafson, who's turned some heads in camp today, will uh, center Ehlers and Perot. We don't really know how the rest of the the lineup will shake out, although I am interested to see where Christian Veselainen will be tonight because Mark Scheifele is in the lineup, Blake Wheeler is not, and um, we've been waiting to see a bit of a breakout for Veselainen through this camp, but it would be no better opportunity than playing alongside number 55 in the middle. Yeah, and I think there's a pretty good chance of that. And whether these lines will stay together throughout the entire game or whether Coach will mix them around to have different looks as well, that's always a possibility. But as long as he's got the centers, uh, which he has set to go tonight, then it's a combination of different wingers. But an opportunity for guys like Gustafson's show, Ehlers to give an opportunity. I mean, he, we already really know what he brings. But you mentioned Veselainen. And, and uh, you know, we're all kind of waiting for him to kind of not necessarily go out and score the hat trick or anything, but just show a little more to, to at least recognize that he's there. Absolutely. A few more shots on net. A little more offensive uh, zone time would be uh, would be key. We'll see what Veselainen has tonight. Um, Sammy Niku still remains out. He skated on his own today and is battling a groin injury, as reported. It sounds like he will be, will be in the top six opening day if healthy. 
Uh, meanwhile, Adam Lowry skated after being held off, and uh, Josh Morrissey skated as well. Uh, those two, and Brian Little as well, not in the lineup tonight, along with Blake Wheeler as uh, we get ready for uh, Sunday's final preseason game, a 1 o'clock start in the Twin Cities. Well, some people are banged up. Niku on the back end is uh, day-to-day, but it's a couple of days, you would think. Anyway, he's not even on the radar right now, which is a little bit concerning when you think about what he might be bringing to the Winnipeg Jets, especially on that blue line. That bottom line up front is probably a big question mark going into the season, and same goes for basically the defense, I think, of the Winnipeg Jets. There's a lot of questions there as to how they're going to perform, and that's without Dustin Bufflin. But, uh, you know, injuries, how there's a week to go. They're on the ice a week from tonight in New York. So the plane left yesterday, a week from yesterday. And uh, they've got another week to try and get some guys healthy here, and hopefully they're in the lineup come the game in New York. You know, of the with no Josh Morrissey tonight and no Sammy Niku, the defense is Potato, Pullman, Pionk, Kulikov, Hanela, and Bolu. Um, Pionk, of course, last year was in New York. Uh, Potato came uh, over as a free agent. Um, Hanela was the draft pick. Pullman played pretty much the entire year with the Manitoba Moose when he was healthy. Dmitry Kulikov and Nate Beaulieu, who were guys that were just on the fringe of being in the lineup last year, the most experienced guys. And oh, by the way, Connor McDavid's coming to town tonight. Here is uh, Oilers coach Dave Tippett on bringing their captain to Winnipeg. Basically put it in his court. How much do you want to play? I said, where are we at? Felt good yesterday coming out of the game. Felt like he uh, can play a lot better and uh, wanted to get back in this game and, and get himself up and running. So... We'll reevaluate it again after this game and see where he's at. So a lot of this is coming from him. Yeah, yeah, this is this is him. This is him wanting to get going. Yeah. So Connor McDavid got on the plane. There's uh, Dave Tippett, Oilers head coach, and he'll be in the lineup tonight. And just back to the defense. Well, really the entire club, but especially the six that will be lining up on the blue line. Hey, it's preseason. No better test to get you ready for the National Hockey League than spending some time chasing around the league's number one player in Connor McDavid. It is an interesting matchup when you put it that way with McDavid and the six that are going to be on the blue line for the Winnipeg Jets. If you were to take those six of the Winnipeg Jets and put them in a police lineup, not that they've done anything wrong, could you identify all six just by looking at them? No helmets, just standing there. I could, I could, but I would think most Winnipeggers could. uh, Well, most Winnipeggers, no, and I'd say the majority of Jet fans probably at this point. How about people outside the province? Zero (laughs) percent. Zero, zero percent chance of that. It, I mean, it's just kind of a, where, how did we get here? It's kind of the question mark. I mean, no, how just, much time do we have, Rick? <laughs> where do I start? There's injuries. I get that. There's a big guy that's undecided at this point. And others, of course, we left. But it's just all of a sudden, here we are. And with Morrissey now uh, kind of nicked up and day to day, let's call it that. Um, the six really have a challenge tonight with the speed demon in the lineup for the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid. Meanwhile, around the National Hockey League right now, the Maple Leafs are still dealing with the uh, Austin Matthews incident and the fact that they just found out a couple days ago when the rest of us did on social media. Meanwhile, in Montreal, here's Mark Vergevin on uh, some of the rumors that Jonathan Drouin may be on the block. I don't know where they come from. Most of those reports are from somebody in his basement in Toronto, so I don't pay attention to that, to be honest with you. Well, he, uh, he had some good moment, but overall, overall, we need more. He's a skilled player. He has talent. He has a lot of attribute. And uh, I know last year he had a tough finish. He had a good summer. 
training camp is training camp. I mean, he's not the only one who's not up to par right now. So I know we're picking on Joe, or you guys ask me about Joe, but I can name name you a few guys that are not up to par, and that's what training camp is all about. So we made some cuts today. We have two days of good practices, good game on Saturday, and then we'll get going. There's Mark Bergevin, Habs GM, discussing uh, Jonathan and Joanne, having a little crack about guys in their basement in Toronto. Um, interesting with the Habs. I've been in some outstanding basements in Toronto, <laughs> by the way. Um, Cranking out trade rumors? Walkout basements into swimming pools way above my pay grade. Um, so if that's where it's coming from, hey, uh, so be it. But I, I do like the entertainment value. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the Habs are a fascinating team. Uh, Alsner and Winnipeg made a Dale Weiss today put on waivers. Um, you know, looking at their roster for the last couple nights against the Montreal Canadiens or against the Toronto Maple Leafs in exhibition action, um, this is a team that is going to look almost exactly as they finished up last season. And you heard there, they do need more from Jonathan and Drew, and they paid a big price to Mikhail Sergachev to get him out of Tampa. And at times he's looked great, and at other times he's been invisible for long stretches. And if he's going to be playing that significant role up front for the Habs, they'll certainly need more. And Drew will want to do more because you know he'll be hearing about it every 15 minutes from the Montreal media. Yeah, and it's been a tough start for him. You mentioned the guys on waivers today, and there's Carl Alsner with the... Uh Modified no-trade clause in the third year of that big contract. Anyway, yeah, just about halfway. Securing. Habs have got 25 players plus Carey Price in their camp, 26. Lingren and two skaters are going to need to be sent down or traded or placed on waivers. So there's some interesting pushing uh, uh, coming from some of the guys, the younger guys in Montreal's organization. And all of a sudden, that waiver wire becomes interesting unless Bergevin can uh, get out of his basement and trade one of those guys. Uh, otherwise, he may lose them on the waiver wire. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, as far as the waiver wire goes back to the Winnipeg Jets, I mean, the team has been, you know, so stacked for the last couple of years with, you know, tough decisions and, you know, worrying about a player might have to be put on waivers or young guys just no room for them. I would suggest this year, especially when we talk about the blue line the Winnipeg Jets have right now, Rick, there's a far greater chance that they might dip their toes into that waiver waters coming up in the next week when NHL teams make final cuts. Yeah, the final cuts will be interesting. And, uh, I mean, there's going to be – we've always talked here about what are they going to do with Eric Comrie. Like how, and yet you see right now there's a plethora of goaltenders that could possibly be available. There's reports that teams would like to explore trade possibilities right now. I don't recall that in other years. I heard Rutherford talking camp. yesterday about yeah. the goalie market expecting to heat up. And maybe he's just trying to stoke those fires because he's got Tristan Jerry and Casey DeSmith and he'll lose one of those if they put them on waivers, or could lose them. Um, you know, we always say, "Oh, he's definitely going to lose them." But again, to pick a guy up, you have to have the spot for him on your NHL roster, not just to add depth to the position. But that is something to watch going into next week. Well, and that's the thing, right? If you're picking up one of these guys, you can't throw them on your farm club. You've got to put them on your 23-man roster. So, is there a player out there that you know you would cut your own player for to bring that one aboard? Possibility. I don't know that the Winnipeg Jets are going to be able to take advantage of this because we certainly don't hear um, there's a market for defensemen right now, and where the Jets were in a strength for that right now, I won't say it's a weakness, but it's an unknown. Well, I'm just thinking that if there's a defenseman that they think is better than the guys they have right now, they'll jump on that and, you know, not worry as much. I mean, they're just trying to improve as quickly and within the realm of the salary cap conditions that they are dealing with right now with the two players unsigned. Quickly, let's get to the Bombers. Adam Bighill in the blue and gold looking to get back at it tomorrow against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. A big test for the blue. 
It, it, it really, we want to play, I mean, it doesn't matter who we play next game, but I mean, honestly, this is going to be a great test for us coming right back after a Montreal game, and um, you know, we're excited to do it. I mean, they're a good football team, we're a good football team, and it's going to be a, you know, a battle here tomorrow night. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we know we're a good football team. We just got to play like it all four quarters, and uh, that's the lesson, and that's what we got to come out here and show we can do, and um, you know, just get ourselves back in the win column and back on the roll. Learn some lessons and move on to Hamilton. A great test for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. This is the one team that really did handle them from start to finish in this season. I mean, they had three really close losses. The Hamilton game wasn't as much. And, of course, Masoli knocked out for the season in that game. And Dane Evans really, I don't want to say, hasn't missed a beat in Masoli's absence. Uh, but he's done a very, very admirable job as the backup quarterback and now is the man for the Tabbies who come in here tomorrow night. Yeah, they come in with uh, Irons back, uh, the running back, and a couple of other additions as well. They haven't missed a beat, as you mentioned, the, the best record right now in the Canadian Football League. Jackson Jeffcoat, real possibility for the Bombers, and that could be a real boost in the arm. But, uh, you know, hopefully the memories of Montreal are long since past and they can get back to their winning ways because in the rearview mirror now, uh, there's Calgary and Saskatchewan, and sometimes, as they say in the rearview mirror, they're closer than they appear. Mm. Well, they're right there. Certainly, uh, certainly are. Jackson Jeffcoat now on the roster coming off the six-game IR. Craig Rowe out for tomorrow's matchup. And NFL Week 4 gets going tonight. Packers host the Eagles. You can see that one on TSN 1, 4, and 5. Well, the Jets take over TSN 3. We'll come back and check in with Jason Vega in our next segment and uh, a little bit later on Ken we Peter Woods Dave Jameson and much more on the Jets and Oilers as we get ready for Kaspersky Jets hockey tonight on TSN 1290 well the afternoon ride continues live from Boston Pizza City Place on the home of the Jets TSN 1290 and of course the Edmonton Oilers in town at Bell MTS Place tonight we've got the Bombers in action tomorrow with Hamilton coming to town and uh, all kinds of things to be wondering about after that uh, weekend in Montreal yeah I mean a, a huge challenge with the Hamilton Tiger Cats coming in here and uh, still some uh, well maybe some aftermath some bad feelings but hopefully not within the football club but we know a guy that has been uh, in those trenches that can tell us a little bit more about how you bounce back from a loss like that. Yeah the former bomber himself and the Winnipeg Dodge sales manager Jason Vega let's bring him in on the hotline The Afternoon Ride Hotline Brought to you by Chris Pennycook of Royal LePage Dynamic Realty. 204-989-5000. Jason, look, thanks for the time. How do you uh, get over, and how long does it take to get over what happened last week in Montreal? Um, you know what? I think you just you almost write it off and say, you know what? We, we look at the film. You see what you did wrong, um, particularly that fourth quarter, and see how as coaches and players you could have played better, but you got to write it off because – um, the, the season is closing in now, and these games become ever more important now as you go along. It, it, you know what? It, that, those sort of things will happen. Um, when it happens multiple times, especially to a team that's in first place, it is somewhat head-scratching. Um, the fact that this is not the first time the Jets have, or the Bombers, sorry, have seen you know, those second big leads in the second half disappear. Uh, do you handle it differently or from a coaching perspective, uh, do you think? Or will this be essentially we need to, need to move on, we know what we did wrong, we can be better, and that's what we have to do? I think it's, it's mostly frustrating uh, as a fan as you're watching it because you think, well, they played so well in the first half, what happened in the second half? So um, I'm not sure if it's a coaching philosophy in terms of taking your foot off the gas and playing a little softer because you want to just get to the end of the game. And then by the time you realize things aren't going really well for you, that you've lost momentum and then now you're playing 
to to not lose the game is, is a bit different to play to win. So um, I'd like to think it's a coaching philosophy. I don't see the players, you know, um, kind of relaxing on the field, but it's really hard to say sometimes. Jason, having said that, I mean, okay, it's a race and go on and here comes Hamilton. Uh, you know, suppose you have a lead and you start to get into the second half. Does doubt creep into the mind or is it washed completely? Well, you know what? I think as a defensive player, in my experience, if you're sitting there into the second half and you have a lead and then you see the first score go up and you feel momentum start to swing a little bit, you, in the back of your head you're thinking to yourself, oh, no, not again. Like we have to we have to hit the panic button now because this is going to get away from us. And then something else happens. You're like, oh, no, we're in trouble now. So I think it's important for them to get out ahead or do what they can to try to maintain the flow of the game as consistent as possible throughout, as opposed to coming out firing and then just kind of flailing by the end. Jason Vega with us here on TSN 1290. Jason, from an, uh, from an offensive perspective, and you mentioned this sort of why like fans scratching their heads as to how things are different. I, I will ask you in the second half, I will ask you this. Are, are you surprised that after the success that the Bombers have had, you know, using, you know, different personnel and so many different ways to become the highest scoring team in the league, uh, is it concerning to you that in crunch time, the Bombers, with both quarterbacks, have had the really difficult time getting just that elusive first down late in the game to uh, stay on the field and uh, eliminate any chance of blowing the game? Yeah, I mean, because you start watching and you're wondering whether or not, uh, again, you're, you're playing not to lose, right? You're, you're trying to make sure that you don't make a mistake or throw an interception or uh, run a... Uh, somewhat risky play that could backfire and um, you can't win that way at least in my opinion you can't win gun shy you just got to do what you do so if you've scored 30 points in the first half doing it one way maybe you, you pull off a little bit and don't go for the 30 or 40 yard passes but you're still plugging along in terms of what worked in the first half but those adjustments are what's important I'm not sure that the adjustments are being made. Jason, while we've got you, I have to ask you about your former teammate, Jonathan Hefney. We learned yesterday that you know he, after all the horrible injury and the issues that he's had post-career, has been sentenced to nine years in prison for drug charges down in South Carolina. I'm sure as a veteran of the league and you know a former teammate of him, you know it really is unfortunate to hear this, but... In specific to Kefney's case, because of what he went through and the support or lack of support for his health, uh, what was your reaction when you heard what uh, what's become of uh, Jonathan Hefney? Um, you know what? It was it was disappointing, uh, mostly because um, I don't I don't condone what he's done, and you know what you do is what you do, like you reap what you sow. So if that's what he did, and um, he's got to serve his time for it. But in this particular case, I don't think the support that he deserved in the process was there and it may or may not have led to where he is now. So it's disappointing because I think there's so many things that go on right now in sports where you see a guy does something similar to this and you're like, Oh, what a, you know, what a bonehead. But then you, you look at this particular case, you're thinking, well, I don't know. Yeah, sure. He's wrong for doing it, but was he really helped along the way to make sure something like this isn't an option for him? And I don't think that's the case. Well, look, appreciate the time. We'll hope for a better effort from the Bombers, at least in the second half, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Jason. Sounds good, guys. Take care. 
All right, there's uh, Jason from Waverly Dodge, the uh, sales Winnipeg manager. Dodge. Winnipeg actually Dodge. Actually, out of Point yes. West, but my bad. Come out and see him. My bad, Jason there. Vega from Winnipeg Dodge. He's the sales manager there. There's a number of them around, not Jasons, but uh, Dodges. The one you I need have to. one myself. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. In fact, Michelle called me yesterday asking me if she could have it. I'm like, <laughs> no, you can't have it. Then I realized, oh, they're trying to sell me a new vehicle. But she was very pleasant about it, and we had a great, uh, great exchange. Yeah, you can go in and see Jason and uh, all their great stuff down at the uh, at Winnipeg Dodge at the Point West Auto Mall. And uh, speaking of uh, which, we got Ken Weeb here at BP who's going to join us next. Yeah, he's dressed up for some reason, so we'll take the time out. Sports Center here at the bottom of the hour, and we will join us next on the afternoon ride. You're listening to TSN Radio 1290. All right, back on Industrial Metals, Winnipeg Jets game day. Andrew Patterson, Rick Ralph with you at Boston Pizza City Place. Going to get to uh, down to business with Ken Weeb of The Athletic in just a moment. Uh, you all know that every uh, Jets game, you can win front row tickets past the glass from Boston Pizza tonight. The front row tickets for the Jets' home opener will be at Boston Pizza Polo Park Sunday afternoon. The tickets will be at Boston Pizza Henderson. So if you're looking to have the best seats in the house for the home opener, tonight BP Polo Park, Sunday BP Henderson. Look who's here, Ken Weeb. How are you, my friend? Very well, Huss. Hello, Rick. Hi. Good to see you. No, it's not. <laughs> Let's get into this. Um, interesting lineup tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, a number of regulars out, including Blake Wheeler, Adam Lowry, Brian Little, Josh Morrissey, Mark Shifley in. And uh, maybe we'll start off with the one line we actually sure. do know will be together. Rookie David Gustafson playing in the middle of Nikolai Ehlers and Matthew Perot. Well, what do you make of his camp and the fact that he's playing with two regulars in the game tonight? For sure, Huss. I think David Gustafson's been great. I think he's been one of the pleasant surprises I think that's a fair assessment of him I having spoken to his world junior coach before training camp I got a good idea of what kind of player he was because I haven't really seen him very much at least not in live game action and all of those things that, that he mentioned the smarts the maturity in his game all of those things have really been shining through when it comes to Gustafson he's not a flashy player and much like Adam Lowry after he was drafted Gustafson knows he needs to work on his skating but it's improving and he goes to the hard areas he's a smart penalty killer uh, if he wasn't 19 years old, I think he'd be on the Jets roster, and I still think he could be on the opening day roster just because there's not an abundance of depth at the center position. I think right now maybe Mark Letestu might be ahead of him based on the experience and Paul Maurice playing veteran guys, but for me, I think that Gustafson has done enough to date to be in the mix for a final roster spot. Maybe they carry 14 forwards out of the gate with, with us not knowing what's happening with Dustin Bufflin. But because of a situation where he can't be assigned to the Moose because he's not a first-round pick, I think the Jets might be a little bit more tempted to give him a little bit a bit of a taste like Mark Shifley got uh, out of the gate. Even Veselainen last year as a 19-year-old did get a little bit of a taste out of the gate before he was eventually assigned to the Moose and then went back to Finland. That may all hinge on the two that are currently unsigned, sure. right? Because if all of a sudden that gets done, there's two spots that immediately get bumped. And, uh, hey, look, I mean, that's not to take anything away from David Gustafson and the camp he's had or Villanola on the back mm-hmm. end of the camp that he's had. I could see Anola getting a look, you know, and a taste of it all. Yep. And then that's that um, because you certainly, unless you're going to play him every night, doesn't make any sense to have him upstairs. So you give him a taste and he's gone. As for Gustafson, maybe he does see that. But, again, it's that wild card of the two guys to me that aren't signed that may disrupt that. Yeah, absolutely, Rick. And the, the thing is, I, we expect that both, both of those players to play prominent roles at the World Juniors, no matter where they get assigned and where they start the year. Latestu? <laughs> we won't see Latestu at the World Juniors uh, this year. We might see him down there as a coach down the road. But uh, 
As far as uh, Hainola goes, he does fall into an even more interesting category, even though he does have a contract back in Finland. He would be able to be sent to the Moose as an option, but, I mean, there's always the particulars, and if the player's going to agree, and what influence does the agent have, but the Moose would be, or the Jets would be able to assign him to the Moose, and I think that even though probably the original plan was to have him go back to Luka in the Liga back in Finland, I think because he's played so well, and because we don't know what's happening with Bufflin, I think if you're Hainola, you would be tempted to at least stick around with the option that knowing that maybe you're not as far away as you thought going into the training camp. I think both those players kind of went in with an open mind, but now they've played so well that they're making the decision a little bit more difficult than what we expected. We know that Paul Maurice kind of poured a little bit of cold water on the Inola theory earlier this week and saying that you have to respect the process and remember he's only an 18-year-old kid. But, I mean, right now, it would be very easy to make the argument that today, Vili Hainola has done enough to be at least in consideration for the top six. But, I mean, again, does he get a taste? Does he get one game? Does he get five games? Does he get nine games? We don't know that today. And it's also important to remember the level of competition that he's seen so far. I think if he continues to play the way that he has as the competition continues to get better, let's see how he defends against number 97 tonight if he gets out out there against him. Not a bad test. Yeah, that would be a fair (laughs) test for for most players in the National Hockey League, let alone an undersized uh, 18-year-old. But I think that Anola has done a great job. I love the way he showed poise and vision on the power play. I I like the way that the Jets have kind of eased him into it. Initially in the first game, I'm like, well, get this guy on the power play. But they wanted him to get a little bit more of a comfort level, get him a little bit more solid footing before he was given those special teams minutes. And I think that allowed him in game three to sort of show what he could do to quarterback a power play for when that happens to, for him down the road. Ken, uh, Jack Rossiff was a regular last year in the Winnipeg Jets, so we'll assume that he's in the mix. But, you know, if the players we're going to see tonight, uh, Latestu, Lawoto, Bork, Cease, Appleton, Veselainen, have any of those players stood out to you, kind of separating themselves from the rest? Not really, no, Hus, to be perfectly honest. I think that Luoto has done a nice job in his limited action. Uh, he's a good skater. He's a hard worker. I think you could see him as sort of a Brandon Tanev light, if you will. I could see him growing into that type of role. But for me, Luoto isn't a consideration for the NHL roster right now. That's no offense to him. He needs to spend some time with the Moose and eventually work himself into a recall role. CJ Cease is a nice player, doing a nice job, but because he missed so much time last year after the soldier shoulder injury, easy for me to say, I think because he missed so much time last year, I don't see him in the mix for the fourth-line center job. Right now, he'll play a prominent role with the Moose and work his way on the pecking order for recalls. Uh, In terms of Veselainen and Appleton, let's be perfectly honest. Both of them, I think, have been steady defensively. Appleton has been physical at times, and I think that's an element of his game we're going to see more of this year. But in terms of separation, neither one of those guys has done what is necessary to have their names put in ink right now on the dry erase board. I think that both of them are still in consideration for a roster spot, and I would say Appleton is maybe a little bit ahead in the in the race right now but neither one of those guys has cemented their their spot with two games to go now being in that position of being on the periphery of the roster maybe we're never going to have that cemented by game five but those are guys that are under under the microscope here in the next two games because they are in the mix but there is some competition 
from some unlikely sources like an Andre Chibisov, who we really didn't know much about going into the camp, but he's worked his way into the mix for that 12th or 13th forward job as well. So I expect we'll see more from Appleton. I also think that Veselainen needs to look for his shot more. He sort of is in between right now where he's worried so much about being a conscientious defensive player that he's not doing enough offensively. So for me, it's good that you earn the coach's trust by being a conscientious player. But when you have a shot like his, you need to get it off a little bit more. So I'm looking looking at those guys pretty squarely this evening. And I think if Rosovic is playing with Shifley and Andrew Kopp, it's another opportunity for him to shine with some more offensive players because, like you said, Rick, with a week away, if those two players are not signed, Rosovic is a guy who's under consideration for a top six role, which is something that he's been wanting full-time for a long time. We know he got a taste of it last year with Little and Patrick Laine, but he has not cemented himself in a top six role, and that would be a huge opportunity for him. Whether he start, I mean, it's unlikely to start with Shifley, but... I mean, here's another opportunity to show that you have some chemistry with them. Not too worried about the forwards up front. On the back end, and, and tonight especially, uh, not even really worried about it, but curious. Potato and Pullman, let's put those two together. Yep. Uh, Pionk and Halina and Bolu with Kulikov have been a constant pairing. If you're Charlie Huddy, uh, who do you throw over the boards with McDavid out there? <laughs> I think we would see, the majority of the time, we would see the kulikov Bolu pairing. I think there's a, a chance that it could be Pionk and Beaulieu as well. We, we've we seen Hainala with Kulikov quite a bit. Uh, so those are two options. We do. I'm with you all the way. Pullman and Boteto, they've been together a lot. Uh, and I think that Paul Maurice and Charlie Huddy could potentially see that as a makeshift third pairing at times, depending on what happens. I mean, Sammy Niku is going to be a regular when he's ready, but because he's only taken part in two sessions, I mean, even though he's listed officially as day-to-day, he needs to get back playing and practicing if he wants to be in the opening day lineup. I mean, I think it would have been obvious that he would have been in the lineup to begin with had he been taking part, but because of his limited availability and because of a a groin issue, that's something that they don't want to be an issue for the next two months, but that's put him in a bit of a tough spot when it comes to opening day roster or lineup for me. Um, Back up front for a second. Um, interesting offseason. We talked with Chibisov and Luoto yep. that have kind of come in and done their thing. A couple of depth signings. One was Gabriel Bork, who you know, did play 50-odd 50, 50 games for the Avalanche last yep. year. Um, is he on the club? And I guess the other one is Mark Letestu. And I guess my question for you is, Ken, I mean, he was an American leaguer last year. Yep. He is experienced, but he's also getting on. Can he still play in the NHL? Yeah, you know what, Huss, I think uh, starting with Latestu, I think that early in camp, I think there was an adjustment for sure in terms of that speed. Uh, He's a guy that is going to get by on his smarts and his guile. Uh, He is a a role player, smart guy, good leader, good teammate. Uh, I think it's up to him to show that he can do it, but I had a long chat with him today for an article I'll be working on eventually in the next week or so. He's very determined to show that he can be a fourth-line player again. Do you think, though, he can? I think he can be. I think that right now I think I would be tempted to keep both him and Gustafson on the roster. I think that right now, today, Gustafson has shown more so far, but we know that the level will elevate once the season starts. I do think Letestu can be a a player. Is that a 70-game player? Is that a 40-game player? I'm not sure yet. I have not seen enough, but I know that he's going to get everything that he can out of himself. And in terms of Gabriel Bork, again, I think because Tanev's vacancy, I think that because Bork is known as a above-average penalty killer. 
I think that gives him a leg up in the competition over a guy like Veselainen right now. I know there's a lot of fans that would like to see the prospect be given that job right now, but for me, uh, I think that Bork is going to be a fourth-line player, but also he has the experience to be able to handle that 13th forward job, the Marco Dano, the Nick Patan role. That has been hard for young guys to, to play in the last couple of years. I think that the combination of Latestu and Bork will be able to do that job a little bit better. And you don't want... For me, I like Veselina, and I think he could be on the team. I think he also could see some benefits to playing a first-line role for the Moose and then getting recalled and then being put in a position where maybe he's with Lowry and Kopp or, or something along those lines. If he's not going to be in, in a top-nine role, I don't think that he's best served playing on a line with Gabriel Bork and Mark Letestu out of the gate. That's not to say that he won't be or he can't be, but I would like to see him get his confidence. The other thing, too, it's like what we talked about with Tucker Pullman. Veselainen missed a lot of quality developmental time last year with the up and down and changing leagues. And I just think that for him, he needs to be in a stable situation where he knows what his role is and he knows what is asked of him. And I think the easiest way for him to do that out of the gate will be in the American League. Obviously, the player doesn't want that. The player wants to be at the highest level. We understand that. But for Veselainen's development, unless he cranks it up immensely in the next two days, I think he might be better served in a first-line role with the Moose. And that's not to say that he won't be on the Jets, because let's not forget it. Just two years ago, Kyle Connor didn't make the Jets in his the start of his second pro season, scored 31 goals when he got the recall when Matthew Perot got hurt early. So, But again, it's all about mentality, mindset. I think that Veselainen could still win a job in the top 12 forwards in the next two games, but it's up to him to go out and grab it. Do we have to cut Ken right now? I guess the question is... You want to is, tell him? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a Kenny. We'll see more with you coming up a little later on in the uh, Anchor Products pregame show. Always a pleasure, boys. We could go on for days. There he is, Ken Weeb yours, Ken. of The Athletic. Sure was. Uh, we'll have more with him a little later on. We'll check in with Peter Woods at Hockey Manitoba before the top of the hour. That's next on the afternoon ride live from Boston Pizza City Place on TSN 1290. Jets Oilers tonight at uh, Bell MTS Place coming up. Of course, the Anchor Products pregame show will uh, follow the afternoon ride, but it's a big, week, big weekend, I should say, for Hockey Manitoba. And let's bring in Peter Woods on the Hotline. The Afternoon Ride Hotline. Brought to you by Chris Pennycook of Royal LePage Dynamic Realty. 204-989-5000. Peter, big weekend. Hockey Manitoba season opener and a big guest coming into town. Oh, you're talking about me. Well, you're always in town, <laughs> Into the you? show, of course. <laughs> I, was, I was distracted there, guys. I didn't know where we were going. Uh, yeah, certainly Dave King, uh, Nash, former National Hockey League coach and uh, renowned uh, presenter and speaker and uh, uh, global coach, uh, coaching in a number of different countries, Japan, Finland, Russia, uh, Germany. Uh, he, he will be attending, and we're really looking forward to that. Dave is uh, one of the premier, I think, presenters and uh, knowledgeable people regarding the game and can speak to coaches at uh, the entry level, the IP level, all the way to the National Hockey League and always has a very strong message. So we're, we're very excited that he will be participating in the event along with a number of other speakers from across Canada. So it's, uh, we're pretty happy with our registration. Our numbers are uh, probably over 300 for uh, uh, participants that will be attending this year from uh, representing all minor hockey associations throughout the, the province. Peter, in addition to one of the great Canadian coaches of all time and Dave King coming part of the season opener, uh, we're also celebrating National Coaches Week right now with Hockey Manitoba, Sport Manitoba, um, giving a nod to all the people that help the great game continue and thrive. 
Uh, certainly, and uh, we've looked at that all week, and we've identified uh, posting stuff on our website about uh, you know celebrating the National Coaches Week uh, through the use of social media. Uh, you know, we've looked on Monday for we had promotions for our members for uh, discounts on NC. Uh, uh, NCCP courses uh, in, and encourage players to, to tweet out throughout the week about the great experiences they have with coaches using the hashtag, uh, uh, hashtag thanks coach and the hashtag coaches week. So uh, it's pretty good. Uh, on Tuesday, you know, we uh, are providing discounts for the Hockey Canada Network app and the Wednesday uh, I, uh, instructional streams uh, identifying our programs in that respect and on through Thursday and Friday, which uh, identifying respected sport and our mentorship programs today and Tomorrow, uh, you know, we'll have messages from the two-time uh, NHL head coach of the year, Barry Trotz, announcing contest winners from entries regarding jet tickets. So uh, a pretty exciting week, and uh, certainly the importance of a coach uh, is, uh, is an important. If a kid returns to play the game the next season, the coach has done an excellent job. Peter, looking ahead, a week, uh, well, I should say the weekend from this one coming up, it's the AAA Bantam male and female showcase that goes. Yes, we got our both our male and our female that will be participating in that showcase, which will be held at the Iceplex this year, uh, the fourth to the sixth of October, and that's that's the top players in that category throughout Manitoba. So all the teams that in the province at the the top level within the sport will be participating there. So we're excited about that. It's an opportunity for them to to showcase as as the title uh, uh, identifies uh, their skills and. Uh, uh, against the, you know, in, in front of their friends and family, and certainly an opportunity for all the scouts to congregate together to see the, the best players in our province. And of course, the, uh, you know, with the World Girls Ice Hockey Weekend, this is, you know, part of something that happens not just here in Canada, Peter, but uh, promoting the female game uh, all around the planet. It has, and this is the ninth year they've had it, and we were celebrating throughout Manitoba with a variety of different events that are being put on by minor hockey associations throughout our province, and we have 13 different events of groups that are celebrating, and there probably be over 1,000 females will be participating, along with some SO Fun Days for entry-level kids that are getting involved in the game, so it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, that's a, a growing element and part of our game, which is the female hockey. And I think it's important for young girls to get out there and celebrate the game and uh, throughout this weekend. So we're, we're looking forward to that. Well, Peter, enjoy the weekend and uh, looking forward to hear from Dave King. So appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Pete. Okay, I'll tell him you guys said hi. Yeah, do. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> HockeyManitoba.ca for all the information on the events going forward. There's Peter Woods of Hockey Manitoba. We've got some uh, big news coming in from the Winnipeg oh Blue God. Bombers house just before we hit uh, Sports Center here at the top. Matt Nichols has sustained a significant shoulder injury. That was in week 10. Of course, we've been waiting to hear when he might be coming back. Now comes word from the Bombers he is done. The medical team uh, for the Bombers determines that surgery is going to be required and he will not be returning to the field this season. So Matt Nichols is gone for the season. Wow. Breaking news here on TSN 1290. Matt Nichols gone for the year. We'll definitely get into that in the hits. We should uh, well, I have a feeling that might pop up in trending topics as well. That'll bump Connor McDavid down to number two. (laughs) You got it. We'll be back with more from Boston Pizza City Place on TSN 1290.